for the most part, I think it's two people that, two confused people that are getting together and they really want to make this thing work, but they lack the skill. They lack the skill, they lack the knowledge. Nobody ever sat them down and told them, you know, this is what you're going to expect. But even though they told you, um, I think everybody has a personal experience with marriage. Um, but I, but I think most marriages will experience similar struggles. Thank you for tuning in to IPU Podcast, a show about business owners, philanthropists, and influencers from the African diaspora. I'm your host, Jay Tessie. What's going on, IPU listeners? Thank you so much for tuning in. We're back. We're better. We're excited. Happy 2019. I hope you guys enjoyed your holidays. First episode is with my girl, Joy Gihana, she's the founder of Family Life and Beyond. She's going to walk us through her journey from having a law degree to psychology. Don't know how that happens, but I'm really excited to find out. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Joy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. I am super duper excited to be here on this show with you. I've always looked forward to having a chat with you, and I'm glad that we finally met it. I know, finally. Like, you're so busy. It's crazy. But glad you're here. So, um, obviously, I know your journey, but I would love for you to share with our listeners. So, just give us a little bit of who Joy is in a nutshell, and then we'll kind of um, break it down detail by detail. Thank you, Judy. Yes. So, Joy. Joy wears uh, so many different hats. And among those many hats, I am a wife married uh, to my one of my best friends, or my best friend at least, and his name is Lucky Gihana. And uh, God has blessed us with three uh, beautiful children, one boy and, and two girls. And I am, um, I am, apart from that, I am, I am a mental health therapist and a family therapist. So I basically have my master's in, in counseling psychology. That's what I do on a full-time basis. But I also do teach part-time uh, at one of the colleges here in, in Edmonton, Alberta. And um, I also love to volunteer on the days where I'm not I'm not working. I, I do a lot of volunteer work. I, I'm a very active community member, so I do a lot of community work. I, I volunteer at church. Um, I have some hobbies too. I like to read, I like to travel, and I love swimming. So that's Joy in a Nutshell. Joy in a Nutshell. Sounds like a busy life. Mother of three, <laughs> wife, and then you're working full time. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You moved to Canada from Rwanda. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the Joy that I knew in Rwanda, you were doing mm-hmm. law. How mm-hmm. did the whole psychology thing come about? Yes, yes. That, that was an interesting journey for me and my family. So I moved here 10 years, 10 years ago. And um, like you, you, you made mention, uh, I, I, I had a, a legal law background. So basically I was, uh, I was practicing law in Rwanda. But then when I moved here, 
uh, it was really hard for me to continue practicing the law here in Canada. So, uh, but luckily enough, I had worked with the United Nations uh, High Commission for Refugees while I was in Rwanda, right, I had, right after I had just graduated. And so, so with that experience, I did transfer some skills um, and was able to uh, get a, a job with the newcomer center here in Edmonton. So that was one of my first jobs. But while I was uh, doing that job, I, I did uh, interact with so many images, so, so many immigrants and, and refugees that, um, that you know, were trying to settle in Canada. And it was really hard for them. At that time, I was, I was just uh, really trying to connect them. I was almost like a community connector. So trying to connect the refugees and the immigrants to, you know, community resources and also government resources and really helping them to smoothly integrate into the, you know, the new life or the new country. Uh, but more to their situation was, you know, serious mental health. There was culture shock. There was a lot of issues going on and really surrounding their lives. And, and so I, I, I thought to myself, I'm, I'm like, I think I can do more than what I am doing with these families. But of course, I need some sort of, you know, certification and licensing, you know, like, like how things go here. So I kept on, you know, thinking really hard uh, about which route to take. And, and, and for some reason, so in that newcomer center, they, they had, you know, they had social workers, they had uh, psychologists and stuff like that. And I really admired the work that the psychologists were doing. So I, 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 so that's when I picked interest. So I decided to, you know, pursue my master's in counseling psychology so that I may be in a better position uh, to support, you know, immigrants and refugees. That we are new to the country. Yeah. Wasn't that a scary thought for you? I mean, knowing that you already had your plate full, you have mm-hmm. you have your young kids that you have to take care of. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a family to run and everything else. I understand why you had to do it or you felt the need mm-hmm. to do it, but like mm-hmm. how I don't know, like what kept you motivated during that time mm-hmm. to keep going with school? Like school is hard enough if you're just a mm-hmm. single person. So to take mm-hmm. that on with everything else you already had going mm-hmm. on walk us mm-hmm. through that journey yes yes the, it, the journey was really challenging um i'm not gonna lie it was such uh it was such a bumpy road for me and my family uh, at that point in time when i started when i enrolled in school i i had three kids that were all under the age of five i remember my youngest was was technically three months old when i enrolled um, so, but however, uh, even though it was that challenging and bumpy, I think the one thing that really kept me going was was for me to think about the end results. So that kept me going. Uh, I'm like, you know what? I know two years and a half down the road, um, you know, I'm going to be graduating. Mm-hmm. So hard as it was, I kept on, you know, I stayed. I try to stay so much focused to the end goal. And, and that really helped. Another another thing that really helped was family support. I had my husband here. I had my sisters here. So, I mean, I had community around me, and, and I found that very supportive. Um, I did also do a lot of self-care for myself, even though I held down my full-time job and I was a full-time mother and I was doing school full-time. I tried to sneak in, you know, you know some time 
to really take care of myself to stop to stop and you know think about something that I really loved to do and just went and did it even even though I knew that I didn't have so much time so those are some of the things that really kept me going wow mm-hmm. that's that's um that's really nice that you took that time for yourself because you know self-care is something that a lot of women I think mm-hmm. forget about and the fact that you put that as a priority that was that's really nice that you remember to do that um so fast forward you get through it you graduate mm-hmm. how did the whole family life and beyond come about how did that whole idea come about and how did you bring it to life right um so yeah that's a good question judy i there were so many you know motivating factors or reasons behind the concept but the one that really really stands out is that um i have like a deep-seated passion for families i love to see families that thrive um because i know that you know it takes it takes a healthy thriving marriage or relationship uh, to make a, 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 to to make a strong family that will make will ultimately make a strong community. So I I I I had that passion, but also I have a personal journey or 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 I basically personally I did struggle when I I just got married. So I married when I was in Rwanda and then I moved here uh, three four months after. Our wedding. Oh my gosh! So my husband. Yeah, so I, I left my husband back in Rwanda because he didn't get a visa. We we both applied for the visa, but he wasn't able to get the visa. So I had to come before he did. So uh, I was I was we were basically uh, newly married and we're apart. So there was a huge uh, geographical distance between us, mm-hmm. and of course, settling in in Canada in and of itself is already challenging. Mm-hmm. So having to, uh, you know, hold down a long, a long distance, uh, you know, relationship was doubly challenging. So, but even before I, uh, before I moved to Canada, I remember us getting married, and within the first two months of our marriage, we were already talking divorce. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. can we just pause? Mm-hmm. <laughs> with that statement please <laughs> so obviously a lot of my listeners know I'm single right and marriage mm-hmm. scares me like it scares the crap out of me because of the things that you're sharing and I love that you're being so open mm-hmm. about your story so okay here you are you're getting mm-hmm. you get married mm-hmm. a month into it you're already talking divorce and then you pack up and go Okay, yes. so long distance relationships are hard in itself. Now, yes. long distance marriages are mm-hmm. triple the time and, you know, the challenges and everything else. Mm-hmm. Not only that, I hear that the first year of marriage is always going to be a challenge because you're trying to, like, figure out how, you know, you fit in each other's lives and mm-hmm. you're in a household. You guys are bringing in different mm-hmm backgrounds and how you run things in your homes and now you have to mm-hmm. find a middle ground but then mm-hmm. you don't you guys don't even have that opportunity because you're so far away from each other mm-hmm. please tell me what was going through your mind when you found mm-hmm. out you have to go to canada but mm-hmm. you're already on rocky grounds at that point and what yes, kept you yes. going yeah 
Right. So it, it was it was such um, a very hard decision to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I had gotten a short-term visa and, and it was a student visa and I wanted to come here and, you know, do school and stuff, there were so many factors that led me to, you know, led us to decide to, you know, uh, for me to, to come here and leave my husband. It was under the assumption that, you know, within a couple of months, he's, he's going to be here. But uh, it didn't turn out to be the case. It took longer than, you know, we, we had expected. But yeah, so going back to, you know, um, you know, us getting married and two, three months into the marriage and we're already talking about divorce, I think these are real issues that really happen yes. in marriages. And, and for the most part, I think it's two people that, two confused people that are getting together and they really want to make this thing work, but they lack the skill. They lack the skill. They lack the knowledge. Nobody ever sat them down and told them, you know, this is what you're going to expect. But even though they told you, um, I think everybody has a personal experience with right, marriage. Right. Um, but I, but I think most marriages will experience similar struggles, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so. With 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 that with with all that, uh, I I kept on thinking to myself uh, that you know what at, at one day I'm I'm gonna be able to share my story and uh, now that I have I've I've been blessed to have uh, professional knowledge. It's not just my personal story, but there's professional knowledge that I've acquired over the years that I can share with you know couples especially younger couples that go into this they really love each other they want to make this work but they just don't know how right so most marriages most marriages struggle and they turn out to be dysfunctional or even cease to exist not because really these people so much hate each other yes there's those that really come to hate each other but for the most part is that they feel stuck they feel stuck they, they don't know how to to go about the situation they are in, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so fast forward, my husband, of course, joins me. And, and so when he jo- joins me, it's as if now we are starting, <laughs> we're starting over. all over yeah. again. Yes. So even though we, we continue to talk and really uh, behave as if we're married, even with the distance, but when he came and joined me here in Canada, again, it was, you know, the same story. It was, if, it, it was as if now he's, we're trying to relearn each other and right. I've grown, you know, he has grown mm-hmm. and now we're trying to figure each other out and trying to, you know, be on the same page. And that was even harder than the, you know, the right. first phase. Right. Yes. So I, I think that, but the turning point, the biggest turning point uh, that really made me and my husband to be like, you know what, we gotta do this. I think this is it. We don't even have an excuse is, was in, um, April of last year. So April of last year, uh, my husband um, arranged or was able to have us, uh, we had a getaway, like a, a family a family weekend getaway, mm-hmm. family life weekend getaway. So basically we were able to, to go and attend like a family life conference for, for a weekend. Mm-hmm. But, but before we left, you know what? It was really bad. It was really bad. And 
we were really struggling as a couple mm-hmm. uh, like most of like most couples but for us we were really struggling and to be honest with you even when my husband told me you know what I've arranged this and we're planning to go I really want us to go I, I didn't feel like I wanted to go because I had really thrown in the towel I right. was like I'm so done with this this whole thing called marriage I don't think it is ever going to work because we feel so disconnected from each other it is that bad so Anyways, I just respected the fact that, you know, he, he, the fact that he, he has put in the time and the money and, and, and he has thought about it. So let's just go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I remember during the, the, I mean, the first day of the conference, it was mm, the second day um, of the conference. I mean, it was such a good conference. We did so much. I, we learned a lot. We were reminded we did so many exercises and stuff like that that really enhanced the connection. And you know what, Judy? By the end of the third day, it was a Sunday. It felt like we were in honeymoon, uh-huh. like like literal. So, um, so I remember we were when we were traveling back home. I'm like I had lost all hope. But I can't believe I feel the way I feel right now towards you. It feels like I just met you. So when, so when we came back, mm-hmm. we were like, you know what? This is it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, um, we're gonna, you know, start this project. Like we had always thought about it, but mm-hmm. you know how we keep on, you know, pushing things uh, farther and farther. But this time around, I really think it was God's plan for us to go there. Mm-hmm. So this time around, we come and and we're like, yes, let's do this because we know at least I had known one thing that i took out of that conference is that you know what it doesn't matter how far you've gone as a couple when you take care of when you take care of 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 your relationship Mm -hmm. and put in the time and learn new stuff it can always come back Mm -hmm. the the connection can always be enhanced so but 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 then i thought to myself not so many couples First of all, not so many couples know this, but even though they knew it, I don't think all couples have the funds, you know, to, you know, find the time and, 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 and the money and the finances to go and attend these things. So why don't we think of, of something that we can, we can bring closer to people, especially low-income families or, or immigrants and refugees that come in here, they struggle a lot. And I mean, there is culture shock. There is so much that's going on. So by us bringing this closer and trying to run, you know, run workshops and seminars uh, on a very subsidized, you know, uh, rates on a very on subsidized rates, I think we we will be helping so many couples. So th- that's that's what happened. Wow, um, that's really amazing. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me you said you by the time you guys went there, you had already threw in the towel. You were done. So probably even your mindset, you were really not going there because you had this open mind about it and you were ready to learn or whatever. It's almost like once you got there, you had no choice but to to open your mind and really take whatever they were feeding you in. So I love that you're doing this for low-income families and immigrants because I feel like immigrant families or just Mm -hmm. culture wise Mm -hmm. we're not the type to really go out and seek help outside help for Mm -hmm. marriage problems you know you're told Mm -hmm. to keep whatever is going on in the household in the household so a Mm -hmm. lot of times couples 
continue to stay together just for the image, but mm-hmm. they're not happy. That's right. You know, and it, it's hard. For, so how do you convince those people that have that type of mindset to mm-hmm. take on your, your help that you're offering them? Right, right. Th- that's, that's a very interesting question, Judy, because that is real. And I, and I really thought about it. Um, but what we do here, what, what, what we do here at Family Life and Beyond is that there is very many layers. So there is the, the counseling, individual counseling and couples counseling. Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, voluntary. Uh, a couple needs to come in. They need to, they need to find uh, a reason to come. So nobody can push them. But another, another piece that I think is very important is the seminars and workshops. So this is, an, it's almost like an open, you know, platform that you throw out there mm-hmm. and allow people to come in. So it, it's almost like educational mm-hmm. in nature uh, that we allow, it, you don't have to have a problem for you to come in. It's just an open platform. But also another piece is, is the social media, you know, um, so social media, psychoeducation, you know, blogs that, are, uh, that, that we, we, we engage in. Mm-hmm. So we do write a lot openly about relationship matters. So if you're not able to come in for counseling or to join in into those workshops, then you can just read, you know. You can just read and, 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 and pick out whatever applies to you. But also I'm, I'm deciding, like I'm intentionally deciding to come out and talk about my struggles or our struggles as a couple so that we can break the stigma and the ice around, you know, around the issues that surround relationships and marriage really because they they are real they exist but because like you said um there is all sorts of you know uh, cultural barriers mm-hmm. that will not allow people to you know come up and say you know I'm, I'm i'm really struggling with this but by telling your story and, and being open about these matters maybe you know people will get inspired and be like you know what oh actually i'm not alone mm-hmm. there is you know, other people that go through this mm-hmm. So, um, first of all, let me just say what you're doing is very much needed, especially mm-hmm. in our community, you know, um, because you, you witness a lot of unhappy marriages and mm-hmm. for someone that's not married, sometimes you look at it and you're like, oh, is this thing really worth it? You know, mm-hmm. I think I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, so like mm-hmm. for me, the thing is like for, for those unhappy marriages, because mm-hmm. there are some marriages that really do need to end, <laughs> you know, there's just no hope. Mm-hmm. How, how do you, I guess, how, how can those couples know, okay, this is it. I really should throw in the towel or there's mm-hmm. still hope for me. Because at some point you you got to a point where you thought there was no hope, but you know, mm-hmm. look at you now, you push mm-hmm. through. So mm-hmm. Is there a, a big indicator where some people, like, is there a place that you get that's just a point of no return mm-hmm. that you can help identify for those couples that are still fighting and there's really nothing else left to fight for that you would be right. able to share that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, every every couple is, is different and, and their experiences are going to really look very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's very hard to, you know, to throw out like a blanket statement and say, you know what, when when you feel this way or when these things happen, then that's it. Right. Uh, but but one thing I I know for sure is that, I mean, in my opinion, 
there is very few marriages or relationships that, that are not repairable. Of course, apart from the very toxic ones where there is so much abuse and the partners are not willing to work on that. They're not willing to seek professional help. Mm-hmm. Right. But for, for, for the, most of these relationships, really, I'll be honest with you, um, the primary reason why um, I decided to you know, commit myself to, to my husband or give my hand in marriage to, to him is really, I'm hoping that he can be able to meet my emotional needs, right? And he's hoping the same. He's expecting me to, to meet his emotional needs. Uh, but along the way, if, if I'm not able to, or if he fails to meet my emotional needs, then the relationship is going to be strained. It's either going to be, it's going to feel very dysfunctional or it may even, we may even end up divorcing really so um and and the reason why i may fail to meet my husband's emotional needs could be either i don't know that that could strain the relationship or i know that that could strain the relationship but i lack the skill to meet his emotional needs or i i'm even ignorant about what emotion, his emotional needs are, right? Um, but as long as, uh, as a couple, as long as the couple has been able to establish, okay, what what are your emotional needs? How do you want me to meet these emotional needs? Um, and and they are both willing to you know work towards meeting each other's emotional needs. Then I can almost guarantee you that the marriage or the relationship will thrive um, I find marriage or relationships to be more of a science than anything else what what you put in or what you sow is what you reap if, 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 if you fail to put in time and and effort and if you fail to be intentional about really meeting your partner's emotional needs then the marriage or the, the relationship is really gonna suffer so so to answer your question of when do you know that you know this is done, done, done? Again, um, like I said, there are very few relationships that are irreparable. Really, as long as the both partners acknowledge that hey, there is a problem, and really we need to figure out what this problem is. If we can't be able to work it through just between the two of us, let's seek professional help. Let's try and walk through, you know, these differences and and see if we can make it work. So basically what you're saying is don't walk away until you've tried everything, until you can honestly say we've, you know, we've gone to counseling, we've gone Mm -hmm. to see a pastor, we've done all Mm -hmm. these things and still this is not working out. Then at that point, you should be able to walk away feeling okay. Okay. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you... uh, you know who Cardi B is, right? <laughs> have you heard of her? Mm-hmm. Cardi B, she's a rapper? No, no, I've not. So her relationship has been in the media a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, she's dating another rapper, right? Mm-hmm. And now, because you don't know them, I don't know if it's going to resonate with you, but I just wanted to see your take on it. The reason yes. why her relationship is out right now, it's everywhere in the media, is because... Mm-hmm. 
She's married to uh, another rapper. His name is Offset, I I believe. He's mm -hmm. in the Amigos. And mm -hmm. um, he cheated on her once, mm -hmm. right? She forgave him. They're married. Um, and they're public figures. So their life is out there for everybody to mm -hmm. judge. Um, so mm -hmm. he cheated on her. He, she forgave him the first time. And they worked through mm -hmm. it. And some people were like, oh, you're stupid. How could you take him back? Da -da 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 -da, whatever. And she was just like, you know, I'm married to him. It's not that simple. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. They had a baby. And he recently cheated on her again. Mm -hmm. And this time she's like, no, I can't take this. Da -da -da -da. She wants a divorce. And she made an announcement that they're no longer together. And mm -hmm. while she was performing, so this mm -hmm. is like considered her job. She was having like some type of concert. He shows mm -hmm. up midway into her concert and stops mm -hmm. basically everything. And he had this huge bouquet of flowers that say, take mm -hmm. me back. Um, mm -hmm. And he made an apology on like, mm -hmm. you know, during her concert to everybody mm -hmm. saying how sorry he is and how he wants to make it work and yada, yada, yada. Now, some people were saying that that's some form of abuse. The fact that he felt entitled to come to her job and do mm -hmm. that such a public display, almost like bullying her into forgiving him. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's another part that's like, oh, that's sweet. He wants to do a public apology because, and this was also his explanation. He said he felt the need to do a public apology because he, um, he embarrassed her. You know, he publicly embarrassed her. So it was only right for him to do a public apology. What's your take on that whole situation? Is that a situation where she could take him back and they will be okay? Or is that some uh, a relationship where you, you feel like, uh, this has happened more than once. He keeps doing the same thing over and over again, says he's sorry, but he's really not because the best apology is change behavior. What's your take on that whole situation? Right. Well, that's, a, that's a very, you know, um, common... Uh, those are very common scenarios that really happen to real people. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really glad that you, you, you brought it up. Um, first of all, I, I think the couple needs to establish why there is a repeat of, you know, this behavior. Um, the, the, I think there should be an underlying reason why the guy keeps on, you know, engaging in this unhealthy behavior that is very hurting. I believe it must be hurting it hurts the the, the lady the, the wife um but for the most part and i'm not of course gonna uh, know you know the nitty-gritty of their relationship right but for most relationships the the, the, the the primary reason why one of the partners may end up cheating on the other is again because they feel like their emotional needs are not being met so they, they try to go and find another person that will be able to meet their emotional needs. However, there's other reasons outside of just that reason. It could be that he's just a perpetual uh, cheater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it could be that it's just a perpetual. So it's very important that this, this couple will es try to nail down what it is that, you know, uh, what it is that keeps on pushing this guy into this into this behavior before before they even decide on whether I'm going to take you back in or not, right? But uh, that is very key. They need to seek help. They need to really be honest about what it is that, that, that you know, pushes him into that behavior. 
what do you think about his form of apology itself? The form of, of apology. Mm-hmm. Um, ag- again, every every uh, every situation is really different. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how. I think at the end of the day, it's how the wife or the partner feels about his his move. Mm-hmm. Really, if 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 she thinks that you know what, oh. I mean, since the, the damage has been public and for him to come and, you know, do a public apology, maybe that nails it. That's really up to her. If she thinks that it was abuse, you know, and, and I think he's almost like manipulating him mm-hmm. her into, you know, saying a yes because he's trying to pull a public stunt. Mm-hmm. Again, at the end of the day, because she has experienced this, she knows the guy more than than anybody else mm-hmm. in the universe because they've lived together they've had their, they've had their ups and downs so she's able to you know to she's able to make the judgment of whether this is manipulative or maybe I can settle with this and stuff like that but before she even thinks of you know before she she tries to interpret the nature of the apology I'm not so worried about the nature of the apology then what I'm the worried reason? about yeah, why does he engage in these behaviors? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. But I mean, a lot of times the women that are in those abusive relationships where they're being manipulated, they don't know that they're being manipulated. You got it. So that's an abusive cycle. Right. Yes. So this psychologically, uh, they are made to believe that, you know, you are this low and probably nobody else is ever going to love you and so they feel stuck and and they, they believe that you know what this is the guy that loves me and, and stuff like that so yes there is real you know psychological impact that comes with abusive relationships especially emotion, emotionally abusive relationships yeah how do you um what advice do you give other women that witness you know, their friends or their sisters or their moms going through that. And it's almost like you're talking to a wall when you tell them this is not normal. The way he's treating you is not normal, but they don't see it. What kind of advice do you tell them? Like how, what can you say to a person that's so far gone to help them? Because sometimes a lot of times the, the person, the friend or the outsider looking in feels helpless as well because it's, you've been sometimes you end up losing a relationship with that person because now you seem like you're trying to come between the happy couple quote unquote you know so is there any professional advice that you would give people that are listening right now that are going through it themselves or are witnessing somebody else that they love going through something like that how you can help them realize okay this is not okay you need to get help or you need to get out mm-hmm. yes um, I think the key word there is how to make them realize. I, I, I think it's almost, I want to say it's almost impossible to make somebody realize. And like you said, uh, when somebody is in it, it's almost like um, a mental health disorder because they're so caught up into the, the cycle that they're basically they're blinded. And they, they've been made to believe that, you know what, you can't come out of this, you know, mm-hmm. this cage kind of thing. So um, I think for, for what a loved one could do is really to reach out to, like, 
if if there is like a domestic violence, you know, organization that is in town and, and maybe try to advocate for this, you know, this person. But again, it's going to come down to them. It's going to come down to them and for them to acknowledge. Because I've worked with so many women that even with all the supports in place, they're going to say, they're going to go back. Mm. They're going to go back. And it's not them really wanting to, to go back. It's it's them it's them lacking the emotional intelligence to bring themselves out of it, right? So it's almost like they're sick, <laughs> like they're mentally incapable of, you know, making those sound judgments to just bring themselves out. Mm-hmm. But again, it's for, I think this this other outside outsider's personal, the, the role of the outsider would be to really be there for this person in terms of, I'm here for you. I'm always going to be here for you without judging them mm-hmm. and without pushing them because you cannot make them realize. All you can do is that, you know, be there for them if they call you and maybe they're being bitten and stuff like that. Be there for them and, 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 and again, ask them, how, how can I... What can I do to help the situation? Because sometimes we want to fix the situation and we cannot. And hence we feel frustrated mm-hmm. because we love this person so much and, and, and yet we see them suffer, right? But put the onus on them. How can I help if they come to you? How can I help? How can you want me to help you? I can see you struggling. I can see you hurting. Um, but I don't know how to help you. Is there any way I can make you feel better? wow that's really important because yeah it can be frustrating when you see this person continue to do the same behavior that's causing harm to themselves and to you the solution is simple you're just like just walk away why do you have to be with this person and they're just like i can't why not you know you can't see it from their point of view so i like that how can i help you ask them how they need help even though you think you know better Listen, I'm going to try to remember that because I, I struggle with that. <laughs> yes, and, and you know, we, 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 I'm not going to lie. I've struggled with that in the past. But I think along over the years, I've come to realize that it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. We, we want to fix because we love them. We come from a, you know, a, a good place wanting to really help them. But little do we know that we actually can't. So you're not alone, Judy. You're not alone. We all struggle at one point. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Is there a story that stands out um, from somebody that came to you for help through family, mm-hmm. life, and beyond that maybe you'd like to share with us? Yes, there's a couple of those. Um, but the most recent one was was actually long distance, long distance uh, uh, long distance session that we had with this person so they inboxed me they reached out and they're like you know what um joy i'm really struggling with um in my relationship i struggle with communication they precisely talked about communication and so we were able to schedule a, schedule a time and we were able to walk through these things um but i think what really stood out for me with this particular person is that even though they came in because they thought there was communication issues going on, but they realized that they had so much bitterness within them 
they they um they they themselves had struggles. They they had issues that they had never dealt with from their childhood uh, experiences, from their life experiences in general. So and so we just had one session. It just took one session. Sometimes it just takes one session mm-hmm. to help this person figure out. Oh, actually, this was. I thought this was the problem, or I thought my partner was the problem, but yet um, I, I could be the problem as well. So we, we had like a, almost like a two-hour session, it being a long-distance thing. I normally keep them to one hour, but this time we had like a two-hour session and we were able really to walk through these things and she's like, you know what, thank you so much. And so she, she's like, I'm going to try the things that you, uh, you've um you challenged me or you, you advised me to, you know, to do. And so I think two weeks ago, she, um, she emailed me and she was like, oh, Joy, thank you so much. I just wanted to let you know that um, I'm in a better place uh, with myself and with my partner. Uh, I, I did discover that, you know, it wasn't just you know, the communication between, the communication breakdown between me and my partner. It was so much to do with me. You know, sometimes we don't deal with the, the, you know, the things in our lives right. which we carry over to our relationships, and and we we, we spend almost like a, an entire lifetime trying to, you know, believing that you know our partners are the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's always easier to point the finger because you never want to be the wrong person. Right. Wow. Um. I know that you have something going on right now that you're planning and it's like this big project that you're excited about. Tell us about that, when it's happening and how can we get more information if we wanted to attend? Yes, yes. So this is very um, exciting because it's personal and I'll tell you why. Uh, because, so we are launching the Family Life and Beyond um, uh, project, like NGO in general. Uh, but we are also celebrating 10 years of marriage. So normally uh, what we do uh, as a couple, we like, you know, to get away and, you know, just treat ourselves and, 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 and reminisce on the years mm-hmm. of marriage. But this time we decided, we thought that, again, we want to give back instead of, you know, us you know, getting out and stuff like that. We want to give back to the community. And really help families that that uh, that are really struggling. So, on the Valentine's weekend, February February sixteenth, two thousand and nineteen, we're hosting the first workshop. It's going to be a one day workshop. So this is like um, you coming out with your with your partner, with your you know husband, or wife, or spouse, uh, take, taking them out for Valentine's. But also having the privilege to, you know, learn, you know, learn some 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 skills, communication skills that could benefit your, you know, your relationship. So that's what we are doing. It's going to take place in Edmonton, Alberta, um, at Chateau Nova Hotel, and it's limited seats. <laughs> so it's 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 almost a free workshop. But of course, we we. Um, we rented the place and there was food. So we are charging people just, you know, uh, um, as little as, as, as we can just to cover at least the food and the space. But then we're going to share with them knowledge. We're going to share our personal stories, our personal story of 
this is our journey, this is what we've struggled with. We are going to have naked conversations, raw conversations of this is what we've been through and this is how we're able to overcome. But of course, not, like I said, every couple is different. It, it's not going to mean that you know what has worked for us as a couple has worked, is going to work for you. But like I said, most uh, marriage or relationship problems are similar in nature. So we, we, we hope and our hope is that uh, we can we can we can um, inspire a couple to yeah. I have no doubt that you're gonna do that. I mean, the fact that you guys are so open with your issues, not many couples are comfortable, you know, or are even willing to share their their journeys, and they can save so many marriages. But you know, for whatever reason, human nature, you never want to put yourself out there. So I love 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 the fact that you guys are so open and. Mm-hmm you're sharing issues that everybody's, you know, going through, but not willing mm-hmm. to share. And the world needs that. You know, I feel like we need more people like you out there to share their honest truth, their naked truth, and um, for everybody to learn from it. And, you know, why why would you want to watch somebody else deal with something that you've already dealt with when you can stop them from going through the heartache and pain that you went through? You know, so Family Life and Beyond is an amazing amazing organization and i'm so glad you're doing that joy so what website can somebody go on to get their seats early since it is limited seats right so uh, the website is www.familylifeandbeyond.com okay. um I'll, i will be sharing uh the link in my bio on on my instagram page which is also family life and beyond um there is a facebook page as well at family life and beyond so we're going to be sharing the link on all those platforms. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Joy. Please come back after the event, you know, report. Let us know how it went and what other plans you have going on in the future. You know, you always have an open invitation here. So thank you so much for making the time and sharing your knowledge and giving us a little hope that there is, you know, marriage is not always going to be sunshine and roses and rainbows, but at the same time, you can work through those issues, um, the storms that you will in- encounter. Everybody's going to encounter them. It's just a matter of how you, I guess, how you handle it. If you stick it out or if you choose to walk away before you find out if there is sunshine at the end of the storm. Mm-hmm. So thank you That's so true. much. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Come back anytime. Yes. Thank you so much, Thank you, IPU, for doing what you're doing. I love it to the T. I think you're doing an amazing job for having us, for allowing us, to, you know, to share our journey and, um, you know, uh, and maybe inspire one person or two. So I, I love what you do. Keep on, keep on keeping on, Judy. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Again, um, family life and beyond is her Instagram name and then familylifeandbeyond.com. Is it .com or .org? .com. .com. You can go get your tickets early. It is limited seats and pretty sure the conversation is going to be a conversation that you don't want to miss. And for everybody that's listening, thank you as always. We appreciate your support. Until next time. You've been listening to IPU Podcast. You can follow IPU Podcast on Instagram. If you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another inspiring story.
Follow your passion. It will lead you to your purpose. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time.